Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, for the cause of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through any work of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and today we'd like for you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, where we'll take a look at verses 1 through 6. Now, in these verses, Paul will provide three critical reasons why law, things we do, is so destructive to the Christian life. So let's just go right to the text. Paul writes this, beginning verse 1. So, Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must then obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, You've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Galatians 5, verses 1 through 6. So you see here, Paul begins by reminding the Galatians of the distinction between law and gospel. There's a contrast. Gospel is always what has been done. It's good news. Law is what you do. There there is definitely a purpose for law. Jesus said that himself. He came to Fulfill the law, not abolish it. But it is always secondary to gospel. All right. Jesus did this. It was, it's already done. He came to fulfill the law. So you no longer have to fulfill it for salvation. You'll naturally fulfill it to the best of your ability through your faith in Christ. So Paul Paul begins his argument here with gospel. He starts with that, what has been done. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Verse one, then he adds law. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. All right. That's something you do, but he starts with with, with what has already been done. But remember the context of Paul's letter. One can only stay free because of faith and not by any work you do. You can't do the work without the faith. So do you see how easy it is to fall back in or be manipulated back in to law? Very, very simple, very simple nuances can draw you back in without maintaining the right perspective. It is Christ who set us free. So outside of Christ, we 
can literally do nothing to remain free. That's outside of Christ. We can't do that. Paul said so much in chapter three, he said this, verse five of chapter three says, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Galatians 3, 5. So the first reason here that Paul gives about the law being so destructive to Christians is in verse 2. And he says, essentially, it lessens our view of Christ's work on the cross. I don't know too many Christians that want to do that, but they do it unknowingly by focusing on things they do to validate their faith. Paul says this in verse two. He says, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision, which is a, an example of keeping the law, to make your, you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. That's pretty straightforward. If you're doing things that you believe make yourself right with God or pull grace to you, something you do, a sinner, fallen man, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. So we lessen our view, our perspective of what Christ has already done. That's a big statement. The second reason the law is destructive to Christians that Paul points out is that if we are going to push obedience to validate ourselves, we can never be obedient enough. He says that. He said, one person, once a person submits to one portion of the law or whatever they feel is important to them or to God, to assure their salvation or to validate their faith, they must submit to the entire law. So you can't just plug one or two things in to say, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm good now. God's going to look on me favorably. Paul's saying, no, nope, doesn't work that way. If you want to take that route and, and plug in something you do to receive grace or improve your standing, then you must submit to the entire law. And contrary to, to popular belief among many churches in the Christian community, this is not good news. That's not, that's not gospel. Paul writes that in verse 3. He says, I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, again, another example of righteousness, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. So that's verse three. Paul's saying, if you want to be circumcised, if you want to pick one out, that's not good enough. You got to do it all, whole enchilada. Good luck. So the third reason. That Paul points out that the law is so destructive is, in my opinion, probably the most destructive. If we go back to these things we do, it distances us from God's grace. Paul says this very clearly in verses four through six. It distances us from God's grace. I don't know too many Christians that want that. But once again, we unknowingly do this to ourselves. Our perspective gets tainted because we move away from the foundation of the gospel, which is the person and work of Jesus Christ. So Paul again writes, this is the last few verses here, verses four through six. 
For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Boy, that's a deep statement. But, he says, he's going to give some good news here. He says, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. So we, we get the righteousness by faith. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. That's verses five, uh, chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. Pretty clear there. It doesn't matter what you do, Paul says, circumcised, uncircumcised. If you want to keep a law, if you don't want to keep a law that you think gives you grace, it's, it, it doesn't matter because Christ has already done everything. He said, what is important is that faith expressing itself in love. That's where your obedience goes. That's where it comes from, that faith. And the love he talks about is not brotherly love. It's not some sticky, sweet love that, that we in, in our culture, the world likes to describe using that word love. This is what the Greeks describe as agape love, which is a love that comes from God. It is only meant to give rather than to receive. So that expression of giving is we give our obedience. We give the things we do to God to the expansion of the kingdom. So when Christians look toward acts of holiness to validate their faith or improve their relationship with God, they become insecure in their faith and doubt sneaks in among many things. But there is no need for law to be the primary driving force of our faith. Paul says that there's no need for it. You have Christ. Oh, make no mistake here, folks. Law is very big. It's very important. It's a thing. But it's always secondary to what Christ has done. You can't do things good enough. But what really matters is the Christian faith expressing itself through God's grace, but never for God's grace. It's because of his grace that we are obedient, that we do relatively good works. Paul wrote this to, to the uh, churches or the church in Ephesus. He says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Ephesians 2.10, you see the, the, the foundation of that whole statement is all about what God has done through Christ and has made us a particular way because of what he has done and what he has planned. You see, folks, even the relatively good things we do are only possible because of our relationship with Christ. And not to maintain or improve our relationship with Christ, it's because of it. This was God's plan all along, very, very specific there by Paul. So Paul clearly teaches here in these verses one through six that anyone who says you can do something to be right with God or that you can do something to make God like you more 
or even if you can do something to atone for your sin or a part of it. That's all false teaching. It's not biblical. We just read the verses, and there's many more than just what Paul writes. Christ said these things over and over and over again during his ministry that's, that's uh, chronicled in the Gospels. So practicing these things of law, these things you do, diminishes our view of Christ's work on the cross. You can't get around that. It returns us to slavery under the law because you have to meet it all perfectly. And it distances us from God's grace because if we start implying things we do, it's no longer grace. Obedience to God is, is an extremely important part of our faith. No one's going to deny that. The Bible doesn't deny that. And it's produced, though, only for his glory, not for us. And expanding his kingdom, the preaching of the gospel, that's the Great Commission. Doing things is for him and his kingdom. The fruit of our faith was never meant for ourselves, but for others to see the glory of God's grace, of which we have received all we will ever need when we came to faith. Thank you for listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you and bring you peace. Next up on Open Your Bibles, we will look at another set of reasons the law is so destructive to Christians in Galatians 5, verses 7 through 12. And God bless you all. Now, if you've enjoyed our teaching series, please subscribe so that we can notify you immediately of new releases. And we encourage you to share with others so that we can all participate in spreading the true gospel of God. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.